love about everything that you're describing of what yoga has done for you, it kind of brings me to one of my points that I wanted you to elaborate a little more on, which is talking about what you call your inner mean girl. Mm. And you don't mean what maybe some people thinks that think that that sh- should mean mm-hmm. upon hearing that your inner mean girl, like you're not, it's not your inner mean person inside of you. It's your inner mean girl to yourself. Regina George from Mean Girls. I have one of those. Yes. One of those inside of me that talks to me. Oh, she (laughs) talks me down to like a nub of myself. And um, at the end of, so at the end of my yoga classes, I put this in the course just so you could get an idea. Cause I remember we, uh, excuse me, teaching my yoga sculpt class, which is with weights and it's a lot more fitness oriented. It's a little bit more intense than just a yoga class in terms of energy. And I teach it at 730 in the morning, which is also hard for everyone involved, mm-hmm. myself included. And so you you really need to conjure up the energy from nothing. You're not excited about the day. You Most people have literally just woken up. So by the end of the class, there are they are awake. You know, their bodies have been moving for a full hour and I remember when I first started taking yoga in any capacity, but yoga sculpt a lot because you are so focused on continuing and keeping up that the minute I got into Shavasana, which if you don't know what that is, it is lying down and resting. That is really what it is. It's the best. It's the best part. (laughs) I wouldn't get to enjoy that because my inner mean girl, my inner Regina, George, and if you haven't seen Mean Girls, this is a good segue. my inner mean girl will start telling me because my body has stopped moving. My mind starts picking up because now I have time to think. Now I have time to um, go back through each parts of the day what or the day, the morning, the class and micromanage what I could have done better, which I'm really good at as a perfectionist. So this is really my inner perfectionist mm-hmm. with a voice saying, you know what, you're, you, you don't look like this in this outfit or see, you wanted to be able to wear this, but you couldn't because your body type is not right for this. And you know what, you could have done eights instead of fives here if you had really thought about it. And like, I literally go through the whole class and give myself tips and not the kind that, that you want to get. They're the kind that, that a mean person would tell you when you're trying just to sit down. You haven't even had time. Like there's a difference between challenging and mean girl. I would, I would t- bring myself down to just the tiniest version of myself so that when I left that room, I would feel like I didn't do anything good at all. When really I kicked my own butt for an hour and I did it well and I looked good doing it. But you wouldn't be I able to tell me that. your inner Regina's butt. No crap. Seriously. She is a meanest. But you know what? I have actually, because I started speaking it out, out loud, ever since I started teaching this class, I bring this up every day in some way, shape, or form and just ask like, hey, maybe you're feeling good about this. Awesome. But if you're not, you know, I'm like that too. And this is what I don't, I, ref- I refuse to let you do in my class. And sometimes when I feel like when someone tells me they don't let, they won't let me, like I'm all about it. You know, I think I posted yesterday that like when there's an assignment, I'm all about it. I go for it. But when, when it's up to me, I'll defer to the weakest part of me. You know, I'll give myself like a rule you have to follow. Yeah. And so I need that. I need someone to tell me this is right and wrong and you will follow. Right. Okay. Okay. And 
And so therefore I have, I've learned that like those who don't have this issue, awesome. They, they don't need it. But those who are like me, they need to be told that they're not allowed to leave this room feeling less than they are not allowed. Oh no. I, yeah, I agree. I think it's amazing that you do that. I think that everyone has their inner mean girl. Mm -hmm. It's just some are bigger than others. Yes. And I feel like sometimes people are, they're probably just about to pass out. They don't have an inner anything because they just want to survive. (laughs) Like who knows? That would be me. Uh, Right. (laughs) And, and, and so it just, yes, it's varying degrees. So one of of my friends is like, actually, I felt pretty dang good. And I was like, that is so great. Like, I'm freaking jealous of you. But that's good. Like, go for it. But I know that no one would have ever suspected that I, who was super fit at the time, had that inner mean girl coming in. Because I don't see it. It doesn't show on your face. You're breathing heavily. And so another thing is if you can get really good at being a hot mess in my class and accepting yourself as such, you can do a lot more when you leave that mat. You know, it's like you can be proud of yourself when you look like a, a rat, a wet one, <laughs> then you can do a lot, you know, because it's it's all about seeing yourself in a place of vulnerability or seeing yourself in a, a place where you're like, I don't look my very best, but think about what I just accomplished. Think, yeah. Look at what I just did. Yeah. I took the time to do that, which is it's a great way to turn it around. And I love how you describe an inner mean girl as like, just get, don't worry about her. Cause she's just a hologram. Yes. She's not real. She really isn't real. And neither is Regina George, because if you remember, she's Rachel McAdams. <laughs> Rachel McAdams is the jam. Rachel McAdams is wonderful. Right. Okay. <laughs> so her. think about that. And she's not real. And that is such good news. That doesn't mean that she's not big. And doesn't take up space because think about monsters in your closet. The same thing. You think they're real and therefore they are. And so if you can start to understand that this is not the real you, it makes all the difference. But that takes a while. We're not wired to think that our brains, like we can't discern between actual and, and, and unrealistic sometimes. But I love how you, just like you said, sometimes you need an assignment. Sometimes you need someone to tell you what you need to do. You do a great job of that in your course, basically telling your readers to quiet that inner mean girl, forget about her. Do not, I think you say verbatim, do not let her sabotage this process of healing. Yes. And I mean that. I love that. Because it because she did a couple times for me. Because I got I I it wasn't in yoga. And this, by the way, works in the gym too. Like it's not just yoga. Like I I I've personally felt a lot of difference here. But that's just because I was never drawn to the gym. Somebody might be the opposite and they love the gym. So use all these tools in whatever is, you know, maybe it's a bar class, maybe it's a cycle bar or a pure bar or whatever. Whatever it is, this this works in any place. The mean girl does not discriminate. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's understanding that you can get in your own way and not the real you, the, the, the you that you think you might be or might be tethered to. It can really sabotage the process if you listen. And I'm not saying it's just so easy just to not listen, but at least if you know she's there and you can differentiate between your voice and her voice, 
you can start to notice it and in, in, in time be like, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's no. not me. But thank no. you. This is a voice recording, you know, because it's normally the same loop too. Like I said earlier, like it's like the same take. So you start to recognize that it, while you're growing in this, within this course, within your healing, your voice starts to change. That voice, that inner mean girl, that loop stays the same. She literally is not creative. She has nothing new to add. She has nothing good to say. And you start to recognize the difference between your healing, your, your growth, and her voice. Like you won't even hear the same um, timbre. Like the tone's different. And so while she might feel the same to you now, she does not grow with you. And you will eventually notice a difference. But if you don't know that exists, it's kind of confusing. So that's the idea behind that. I think many people know that she exists. It's just whether or not – I mean, I never even thought of it that way until reading your course. And I'm like, dang, I hate that girl. I like, know. I've, I have one of her, and I don't, I don't like her. And now I have kind of paid more attention and have thought about – what can I do to shut her up? Because this is BS and I'm not going through the day like this. A way to shut her up, honestly, is to give yourself, depending on what you're doing. So I suggest give yourself a compliment to yourself. It doesn't have to be big. Hey, I survived this class with this crazy tyrant teacher. Um, (laughs) Whatever. But whatever it is, you're literally changing the conversation in the moment. So in, I would suggest to anyone who's just going through this on a, on a just a regular basis, not necessarily in my class, God forbid. But when you hear her, you normally you you can tell the difference between the the one who's broken and needing some help, or the one who's having a hard day, or the one who's whatever. You can tell the difference in the voice. And mm-hmm. when that happens, stop, close your eyes, then open them really wide. And then say something out loud and be like, please stop. Seriously. Like, I'm good here. Because there is something to be said about closing your eyes, opening them, and then voicing the issue. Um, I don't do that in my class because that's not what we're we're working on. I'm I'm just assuming because I know a lot of women come into my class and I know this is when it happened to me. But it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. So we've talked about some some mental things that happen we talked about some physical things that happen and kind of how you restored some of your healing physically through yoga but just going back to things that have happened to your body we talked about the panic and anxiety and how uh you had to deal with physical stomach issues because of that but you also tap into how much health plays into yes. your healing. But before you start to talk about that, you talk about having, um, I think when people are going through something, especially when they're going through something really difficult, like a divorce or a really bad breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, I know so many people who have suffered from this and I never heard it described the way you do. There are eating disorders mm-hmm. and then there's also disordered eating issues that can occur anytime somebody is going through something somewhat traumatic, which I can only imagine a divorce is very traumatic. Yes. And, you know, I I would have said to you, I have no issues. 
None. Mm-hmm. Because like in the traditional sense, I did not keep myself from consuming. And I did not binge or get rid of food because, you know, I am afraid of throwing up. So yes. neither of those applied to me. And therefore, I thought I was clean and clear. Um, and then I read this stuff because I, I wanted to learn more about my gut issues. Um, and I was trying to find like a scientific backup to my belief that there is a massive um, gut to mind connection. Of course there is. I'm just not a scientific person. So it wasn't like something I did before. I thought I was just weird or bad or whatever. And with that, I uh, did a ton of research on nutrition and all this. And I, I claim to not be a nutritionist or a dietitian or any scientific anything because science is not my bestie. Um, But Mm -hmm. I can read. So there is where I found that um, <laughs> that all the I looked through a, a lot of articles from like the Eating Disorder Association and um, I found myself there and it was so interesting and I was like well dang it here I am and it was disordered eating it was um, disordered versus an eating disorder as someone who who make who they they use an intake no matter what it is. And they think about it constantly. And so yes. I, I was thinking about it constantly. Part of my, re, my, my fear around food was to not throw up, which was ironic. Exactly. But I definitely thought about what I ate, when I ate it, how all those things. So food had a huge part of my life, even if it wasn't for the point that you would normally think. And I saw myself there and I was like, oh, okay. Because I've always had so much... Uh, empathy for those who went. I grew up on in a leotard in front of a mirror, and and we know I've never like liked my body. The first time I actually liked my body was from during my divorce, because I was thin as a rail, and it wasn't because I wasn't eating. It was because I was so afraid to eat certain things at certain times, so I wouldn't throw up. That I just got really thin, and I stopped drinking alcohol altogether, just trying to lessen any anxiety I might have, and. So I was just teeny tiny and I looked really good and everything. And that's not realistic. But I realized when I read Disordered Eating, I was like, yep, there I am. And it wasn't scary. I will say it was like, okay, that makes more sense because I just knew I didn't fall into the traditional categories. But I knew something was wrong. I just I just didn't know. And so sometimes a realization can bring you to a place of peace, even if it's not a good thing. You're like, okay, well, I agree with this. I accept this. Now I can try to figure out how to to be healthier. Yes, with this. And you bring up, um, I believe I'm saying this right. Is it Dr. Cynthia Sass? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that how? And she talked about the cells of your body and them having a shelf life, which we all know, but I think the way that you described it, and I'm not sure if this was an exact quote from her or if you are paraphrasing or if it's your quote, so I apologize, but (laughs) you said, um, a poor diet is like building your body with cardboard and tape. Oh, that's her. That is a a scientist, ladies and gentlemen. And (laughs) I think even with disordered eating, it can be like that mm-hmm. because sometimes when you're not putting 
enough nutrients in your body, even if it's for like in your case, it was because you didn't want to get sick. Mm -hmm. It's still like, it's still not taking care of yourself. Exactly. And I will say that all eating, whether it's eating more or less or getting rid of, or for me, you know, like my version of it or, or exercising too much, it is all a form of control. That is it. So yep. if you think about what you're trying to control, if you're in a relationship that's ending or it just ended, or if you're in a marriage that's ending or has just ended and trying to get back on your feet or whatever your version of it is, you're just surviving. What do you want? You can't control anything else in your life. Well, you can control this. Yep. And so there's no shame in it, but there is danger. Absolutely. And so that's why I bring it up in here because it's not just about your past. It's not just about your patterns. It's not just about addictions or your your choices in dating or uh, your your sexuality or any of those things. You're not a perf- you're not a full human if you're not fully uh, eating what you're eating and drinking what you need to survive because you're not working optimally. And in order to heal, you need to be optimal. Because you need to be making decisions based on actual thought, not lack of sleep or not lack of attention because you can't really fully think think straight because, you know, you haven't really eaten a vegetable or anything for that matter and you have nothing, no fuel. So it's all about control at the beginning. And if you can give control over to something else and give it to nutrition and give it to feeling and filling up your body with the stuff that will make it work. You can get there, but the longer you try to hold control and have control over your body, the more it is going to have control over you. Absolutely. I love your quote when you said, you have one body, a finite amount of real estate that is yours, and it has to last you. That hit me Mm. like a ton of bricks. I was like, dang. (laughs) Absolutely. This is real estate working for me, Lens. This is real estate. (laughs) (laughs) It does work for you. No, but but seriously, you don't get to move bodies like you move houses. You have one. And that's not to say it's not resilient, but it can only take so much. And you have to treat it properly. Yes, you have to water the damn plant, you know, (laughs) or it dies. I'm terrible with plants. Me too. And I'm thinking about how bad I am with plants. But this that's not the point here. It's your body. And so there are so many ways to take care of it. It's not just watering it. It's giving it the food. It's giving it the literal water. And it's giving it the, um, the you know, getting rid of the mean girl. It's, it's starting to talk to yourself well. It's physical activity. It is getting rid of the trash of all your patterns Absolutely. and your limiting beliefs. And it's seeing yourself for who you really are. And that is hard. All of this is so hard. If we were just to plant those two to be watered, that's simple. We are complicated. We're so so complex. So complicated. And never mind add all the traumas and the experiences you have. So this course is meant to unpack you so you can unlearn who you think you are. And actually you discover who you actually are underneath. Absolutely. And it is, it truly, nutrition is a part mm-hmm. of healing because the the better you are treating your body, it does not just help the physical. Mm-hmm. It helps so much your mental 
an emotional capacity to just see things for what they are and go about your day with an uplifting mood that you, I, I mean, I can't say that food gives you confidence. I think treating your body well can mm-hmm. give you confidence and knowing that you're doing the right thing can give you confidence. But man, like I just know for myself, I've only been doing it since January 1st, like really treating my body well again. And this is something totally different. This is after having a miscarriage. Right. But, it's still traumatic. Oh my gosh. But it's still so traumatic. And to to be feeding my body what it needs to what's the word I'm looking for um to just fuel it mm-hmm. and not fill what's empty which some pe- some people do yeah. which I think is a part of disordered eating is trying to fill mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and then also not filling because kind of similar to what you went through because if you did you were afraid it was going to come up and you know it's two totally different things but to just start to put what you need into your body it can help in so it's helped me to heal yeah and, and, I'm, and I'm, that's I'm just still a going through it that's a testament yeah. to real conscious eating and i would say mm-hmm. your relationship to food to boil it down to the very very smallest thing but the yeah, most yeah, important simple. is your relationship to food is so important for the rest of your life whether you are an athlete whether you are a new mother whether you are recovering from something as is you know just an ankle eating the right stuff and drinking enough water every single nurse is like are you drinking enough water are you drinking enough water and mm-hmm. yes 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 but then I started thinking well maybe not um and all of it is your body only revives itself and only replenishes itself if it's given good fuel a a car can't drive on like olive oil so you have to give it what it needs and so your relationship to food whatever it may be whether that's a lot of exercise what or too much exercise or however you want to look at it not enough food too much food a lot of bad kinds of foods um whatever it is your relationship with food is worthwhile whether or not you might be listening to this and you don't even have a relationship that went south, but your relationship to food is just as important still. Absolutely. For your own good, um, for your own life. Cause again, you have one. Definitely. So I wanted to tap a little bit more into dating after divorce. Mm, yay. Um, <laughs> yeah, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that is like, Oh Yeah. Probably the topic that most people just are so terrified of, yet they sort of, they're constantly thinking about it because they want to move on. Yes. And that feels like the best way to move on at the very beginning. And then you have one, like, "Hmm, okay, maybe not, you know? And so then you start to get nervous. So it's like, you think, first of all, like, if I just get back on the horse, things will get better. You have one bad experience and then you're like, okay, maybe I should never get back on the horse. <laughs> I've got to stop you for a second because David is liter David came down, he was upstairs and Hi. he came down and he's literally pretending that he got on a horse. Oh my God. Hi and David. Giddy upping to try <laughs> to derail this conversation. Oh, I miss you, David. I really do. He just waved. He's not going to talk. Okay. Because- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get back on your horse, David. Up you go. 
<laughs> That's my husband, everybody. That's who I married. <laughs> and I suggested that this be a long-lasting relationship. So I have a part in this. You do. And I love you for it. But I just... I rem- so I remember the first guy that you started oh God, to yes. see uh-huh. after. Yes. And I remember you you talked about in the book how it was definitely something that was too fast, but I I remember you feeling so comfortable because it was familiar because you knew the person well yes. before uh for years. So there was kind of a comfort there. And, and I, you, you say several times, look, like, don't do what I did. Like, <laughs> just hear my story, but, but don't do it. Right. And, um, but what, what kind of, what finally made you see, I guess this, this isn't the right way to go about it. I need to, I need to break this off and kind of go back into the healing process again, because clearly this isn't the route. You know, it was, uh, I was at my wit's end is, and I, I wish I could say I was a little, I had a little bit more forethought, but I think, and I, I, I beat myself up over this for the longest time because I thought, did I not learn anything? You know? Mm. And honestly, the answer is this is part of the process. So if I said, don't do what I did, but I know most people will. Like I, I can say oh, both at the same time because your, your, your pendulum, so to speak, swings the other way. And so you, once you're out of your marriage and you've gone through the things, what you want to feel is what you didn't feel before or what you've been craving or what you've been just hoping like you're worth. And so someone gives you a little inkling. And for me, it was someone who knew me well before I even turned 18. And so mm-hmm. when he and I started to see each other, I thought, ah, oh, perfect. This is like, I wrote a story in my head. This is just amazing. And this is what was supposed to happen the whole time. And I just went for it in my head because it made me feel better. And it made me feel like I wasn't a useless person who is now just an ex-wife. And so part of that, I'll never get, I, I, I don't think I'd be different if it happened again. Um, and that makes me feel good. to be honest, because good. Yeah. Because I think that wasn't a flaw. That was me trying to rebound myself and trying to give myself some like worth back and, and be like, you can do this. See, you know, and the problem was he, he, he wasn't the right one. He was in, it was too soon. I hadn't really fully figured myself out at that point. And that's fine. He, but that's not, has nothing to do with him or not, but ultimately he had his own issues and he had them before um, when we dated before or no, no, we never dated. I take it back. When we were friends before, he always was dating someone else and he was always really like oddly committed to them, just like in theory, but always talking to me like, uh, oh, we would be the best things together. And I was like, that's weird, you know, and I thought, well, hopefully he's grown out of that, you know, and he kind of put me on a well, pedestal. You back would think. Then. You'd hope. Yeah. Yes. And, and so when he, we got here, it was like, we finally have an opportunity. We're both single, da, da, da. And uh, I just, I, I bought in. I bought in so hardcore, wanting it to be real. So I ignored flag upon flag upon flag. And um, ultimately, what made me, to answer your question, finally, what made me decide that this is done 
is when he showed himself enough to me and I realized like this is not uh, temporary. He no. lo- he might say it all day, but his actions are not matching. And we, he would not – the thing was that he would not date me in public. And that killed me because I thought – I just got over a divorce and now you won't tell anyone we're together. What does that say about me? And it wasn't it for the feelings of an, like he had gotten out of a relationship. Yes. And, and it was it too was, soon. It, it was too, too soon. soon. And he felt that for her feelings, Mm-hmm. It's, but it all. I remember feeling like it all seemed to come from a good-hearted place. I tr- I, I wanted I think to think that. What, yes, which is I think what you thought, and you said this. But I'm I'm kind of I'm very happy actually to hear. I'm not happy because I hate that this <laughs> happened to you, but I'm happy to hear you say that you wouldn't. Nece- you don't necessarily regret it because you think if you were in the same situation, it might've gone the same way. Because I, when I read your course, I felt terrible because you were saying how a lot of your friends and family were saying like, run, Mm -hmm. get out Mm -hmm. of this. This is not good. I was not that friend. (laughs) I was like, oh, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, no, I understand why you're still in this. And I, but when I, when I was reading the course, I realized why. Right. And the reason why is because I dated that guy. Yes. It just was a different guy. Yes. And I felt like she needs to go, regardless of what the end result is, she needs to find the end. Mm-hmm. Like you needed to get, not a, not friends or family, yeah. but you needed to get to the place of, nope, Hello, I'm done. brick wall. Yes. I tried. Yes. I gave you chance after chance after chance. And at the end of the day, um, my my personal answer and my verbal to him was, I didn't get divorced to feel this way again, to be hidden, to be to, to feel because it had been a lot longer. Like at this point, like it was dumb. It wasn't for her. It wasn't for anyone. He just no. couldn't commit, and that was his own issue. And there were some other things that in his past that he had never really dealt with, and I and. I, I, there was no no judgment in that, but I I think there's a big difference between letting somebody just treat you this way because they do have a legitimate reason to not be committal or uh, or committed rather, and or they they don't have one thing or another. Like you can give them grace for it. That does not mean you stick around for it because you might you you might not be the person. And, and I could say like that's probably why some of your relationships ended or your marriage has ended, is that you can give all you can, but you might not be the person to be the one to fix it or to help them fix it. You might be a part of the process, but it is not your duty to stick around until someone sees that you are worthy. You can move on. You get to move on and you can love them for who they are and understand them and see that they've got work to do and have that separate. But as soon as your worth is being taken down under the uh, surface of the water and you start to notice like, Hey dude, I'm going to drown if I stick around here. That's what I notice. Like I am losing myself all over again and I have done work 
all this time I'm doing work on myself and it's contradictory to how I felt in the relationship I was in, which I can't even say as a relationship, but I was treating it as such. And I realized these two don't match. And I have learned too much from where I came from to now to let this be my future or my present. And I was crying more than I was laughing. And that was a big deal. Ash, you just preached to so many people. And I like have my hand up like, yes, girl. Yes. Say it. Say it from the rooftops. No, that's so good. And I completely agree. I needed I needed the breakup course like eight, nine years ago. I did too, actually. <laughs> you were there during a lot of my stuff. Where was Woo! that, Ashlyn? Where was that? I no. needed to make to make all the so many more mistakes, Lindsay. I needed to <laughs> I needed to go down crashing and burning before I could do this. It's fine. I forgive you. <laughs> no, um, I am I'm just so pumped for you. Thank I absolutely you. love this course. Guys, if you are going through a divorce or a breakup, you're gonna want this course. If you ha- if you know somebody who's going through this get them the course or at least enter for the giveaway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give details in the description and on social media about how to enter for that. But before I let you go, yeah. I I want to tell people and I'm going to again I'm going to have all this in the description too. Go to how to move on and be happy.com to find everything related to the courses and you give so many other amazing resources there you offer coaching you have so much encouragement and people need to follow you follow you on social media too um i'm gonna have it in the description but can you say your um instagram handle yeah it's so i've always had ashlyn huff so at a-s-h-o-i-n-e-h-u-f-f so i didn't add blue in that one just because it has always been that way but um, I am definitely a blue now. <laughs> I know and I love it. Yes. Real quick though, before I let you go, yeah. let's talk about, let's talk just a little bit about your next course because I am so here for it. <laughs> it's called How to Move On from Feeling Stuck and Actually Move On and Be Happy. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Can you just, if you could sum it up yeah. in like 30 seconds or something, what would you want people to know about the course you're currently writing? So not, and you might be one of these people, not everyone has a catalyst, like a, a relationship or marriage ending. And so I spoke mm-hmm. speaking to a friend of mine and she came to a baby shower one day and she just didn't look good. And I was just like, Hey girl, what's, what's up? You know, you just can tell when you, people, you know, and She's like, I don't know. She honestly did not know. And she, I mean, there were other things in her life, like someone had passed away and things that like, but her, her, the crux of her did not know what she was struggling with. And she was like, I'm just kind of stuck. And in that moment, of course, I'm supposed to be watching someone open gifts, but I was, my head was spinning with like, oh, I've missed an entire part of the population. And so this one is for, it's completely different. It is not the same. There there might be some similar qualities to it because ultimately humans are humans, but I'm trying to work. I'm trying to do something where there, I don't know what made you feel stuck. I don't know when this happened. I don't know what is happening. So I'm, I'm starting from scratch and I've been writing this course for um, a, a little while now 
here and there. And so the unstuck one is you don't have to know. You might have an idea, but you don't have to know what's holding you up. A holding pattern, just feeling stuck, like you just can't get out of a rut, whatever that is, this is for you. And it, I'm so excited you. about it. Thank oh, you, you. You're welcome. You. <laughs> this is for you, Lindsay. But seriously, because you might not know, and that can be part of the pause button, you know. And once you figure it out, it's probably not all that different. If you had had a had like a big event, like a relationship ending or a you marriage just can't, ending, you just don't have a pinpoint. Exactly, it's so much more obvious when something blows up you on your, your face. friend. Yeah, which is why you see your friends in a corner looking blah because yeah. they're like, I don't uh, know why. <laughs> and and that to can that pause can add so much more on top of what's actually going on because you just are confused. So when you really think about what's going on, if we can just get you out of that like question, 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 question mode, I'll ask the questions. You get to just answer. You get to check out and answer the questions and then see where they lead. So instead of wondering and trying to rack your brain, because we are really good at lying to ourselves, and a lot of times we do not see all the lines that are literally drawn from this trauma to that time in your life, or why your behavior is a little different. If you did have an actual trauma, your, your personality changes. And so you don't always know. You can't see it like as a, like a, a, a linear timeline, like maybe somebody else could. But I'm going to help you make one with the course because I'm going to ask you again, assessments are key to starting. They might not be the most fun in theory, but they really are the most informative. And so I'm going to ask you a lot of questions and then we're going to take it from there and get into the next spots. And the body part is still there. The meditation is still there. So you're not missing out on that. But instead of six and a half modules, there are eight. Because not to say that there are twice as many things to do, but... It's just, it's, there's just a little bit more, I think it might be the same exact amount, but I had to cut it up into different ones because we're going to examine your environment. We're going to examine your thought process. We're going to examine a lot of things to get to the crux of what is holding you up. And I'm, I'm pumped if you can't hear it in my voice. I have <laughs> never been so excited to do assessments ever before in my life. This is the kind I'm of homework so- you want. I'm so here for it, and I just cannot wait to dive into some of that. And you will be on the podcast again, yeah, buddy, for that. Because man, Ash, I miss you so much, and I am just so grateful that you took your Enneagram Two personality and said, <laughs> "You know what? This helped me. I want to help other people. I'm going to create this course. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to do the work to provide this for people at a very affordable cost so that so that they can start to heal from this. I'm just so proud of you and thank you so much for being here and coming thank on. Thank you. And and I would I would say like your podcast is doing the same thing for people. You I mean, look at the name. Like it is so (laughs) perfect because we all do this. Exactly. And look at me. I am the epitome of the title of this podcast. No. Because no, no, you can do it well. You can really do it well. And and failing is is subjective. Like I I can tell you that I normally I don't, you know, pump myself up very much. And Lindsay, you can attest to this. I have a hard time with that. But I 
have made lemonade out of this, these lemons. And I am proud of that. And so if there's something that you're going through or something that you've gone through and you feel like it can help someone else, think about how alone you felt in that. And if there's just one thing you can do to make someone feel a little better, I do that on my Instagram every day now. I talk about like, I know, hey, I love it. you're not weirdest, you know, because I remember thinking, am I weird? Or is this odd? Or is this wrong? Or am I getting anywhere? And there is so much power in, in the community, even if it's on something like a podcast or our social media, where we're all putting our best foot forward all the time to say like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Anyone else? Guaranteed. About 4,000 people at every given moment are thinking the same thing. And that is how we change the world. So, Lindsay, Absolutely. you are doing it. You are well, doing we're, it. We're, we're both turning things around and making them awesome. And I so think I did give you something back in the day that said, let's make some lemons out of, lemonade out of our lemons. Did I not? As soon as you said that, I was like, that's my favorite print you ever drew for me. <laughs> I just realized that. When you, okay, so it also, if you ever order one from me and you are going through a divorce or a breakup, I have two different types of, of packaging and one of them has actual lemons on it. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> in your piecemeal shop? Uh, for like the, the courses. Like, oh, like oh, the, oh, the yes. packages. I don't know what you're talking about now. Yeah. You know, because I didn't want to get a manila folder or a manila mailer. I wanted to get something fun. So I found some lemons. Cause that is so cool. That's how I feel all the time. Here's your course. Make some lemonade. Now. Yeah, buddy. Um, okay. Everybody, let, I just want to say, Lindsay is one of the best human beings on this planet. I am oh, so yeah. thankful for her. We were unlikely friends. We, we were likely friends. We just didn't know it. And we have never turned back. Um, she's the type of person that I can pick back up wherever we, we leave off, no matter how long it's been. You know, if we have kids, if we go through a divorce, if we move, if we blah. So I'm so thankful that she is out here for you. And please keep listening. Please keep tuning in and telling all your friends about it because she is someone that can just speak regular into your heart. And regular is so needed in, these, in, in, in this world right now. And not regular in anything other than like the truth. Um, no, I absolutely love the way you said that. I actually am going to start using that. <laughs> okay, speak regular, y'all. Um, but anyway, you guys are all very privileged to have her and um, I, I, I am privileged to be like actually close friends, but you probably feel like you are too because of the way she talks, which is my favorite part. Oh, thank you, Ash. I love you so love much. You. And I can't wait to have you back I'm on. I'm coming back. Oh, yes, you are. But everybody just do yourself a favor. Visit howtomoveonandbehappy.com. Go to Ashlyn's social. You're, you're not going to regret it. Oh, oh! Go Can I ahead. add one more thing? Absolutely. Sorry, I wanted to offer also in this like courses. Yeah, but I would love to offer a three a free thirty minute coaching session to somebody. <gasps> yeah, we have another giveaway. Yeah, three. Oh, yeah. Okay. So oh you can decide what to do with that lens. But if that's like on top of something else or whatever, but I'm happy to give it away. To, uh, you know, if someone gets the course, if two people get the course, I'll do it there. I don't care. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yes, let's do that. Okay. I'm, 
I'm so for it. Again, in the description is where I'm going to have the details and also on social. And I'm sure Ashlyn will add that too. Um, <laughs> and we are, we're going to, we're going to make some people, you know, get to healing. And yeah. that's, that's because of you. So oh. thank you. Hun. Oh, of course. Of course. My divorce is your healing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy we can laugh now. About this. <laughs> that was not fun. No. <laughs> uh, but it can uh, be. It can be. It can be. And that's what's important. And everybody out there going through it, that's what that's what you need to hold on to. Is someday you're gonna have this kind of conversation with your girlfriends. Yes. And it's it's not, it's your 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 life's not over. No, it's just starting. Divorce saved my life. They can save yours too.